in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Madre. Hey, it's a good day to see Liz's picture up on the <laughs> realtor thing. That's amazing. It's finished. Yes. Um, uh, that's off topic, but it's the first thing I saw this morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My sister, she was living in Kansas City, but she just moved back to Houston. And we have been helping her, me and my kids and our family. And she's been working on like crazy getting her house ready to sell. And so anyway, it was so funny last night when the realtor sent us the pictures and I got the kids all around. We're like, look at the house. <laughs> and because they've been working on it and helping paint. I'm like, guys, look at the deck. Look what you painted and look at the rooms. You helped do that. And it was so funny because so many other times they would just be like, okay, whatever. But because they were a part of it or they felt like they were a part of helping make it happen. They were like, wow, that's cool. Let me see. And yeah, it's wow. just, it so proves that when we invest in something, we value it so much more. That's crazy. But that says millions about mm-hmm. how much we love to actually engage and help somebody else and see the fruit right. of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And seeing the fruit of that is huge. Absolutely. Yes. Well, we can start off with, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Okay. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here today. And we'll start off December with an early Merry Christmas. We just pray this is one of the most special Christmas times that you'll have ever had just by thinking more intentionally about some of the things we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so I am excited to jump in. Today we are going to be talking about a new topic in our series. We started a series back in September, just kind of re-talking about and re-looking at some things in our podcast, really the foundational parts of what this podcast is all about, integrating that body, soul, and spirit. So in September, we called that month Chaos to Order, and we talked about some practical things, the practical things of what kind of make up that body and some different ways that that looks. And in the last two months, October and November, I feel like have been more of focused on that soul care. In October, we talked about the power of acceptance and the things that we can change and the things that we need to learn to accept. And in November, we talked about what it looks like to have hearts overflowing, filled with thanksgiving, and how when we begin to have hearts filled with thanksgiving, how that begins to change our narrative and change our belief system. And this month, we are really diving into that third tier of body, soul, and spirit. And we're talking about the spirit. It's Christmas. We're talking about Jesus, right? But not just baby Jesus. We are kind of giving this bigger, broader picture. And we felt like there's really no better time to really dive into the different parts of who God is and his storyline than Christmas. Yes, we've talked about in the last few months, different things that we can do that's almost like a ritual. And we've talked about how we can add these things into our lives. And we talk about like memorials, celebrating things. And we've leaned into some of the things that the Israelites did to remember these dramatic things. 
I would say the irony of it all is that Christmas is the most celebrated kind of event in the whole world. And what I find interesting about that is it's so sacred. It introduces the actual Messiah into the world. And we've really, other than a token here and there, we really have turned the whole holidays, as we call it, into one long, massive time of kind of everything else other than carving out that extra time to sit with God and say, show me who you are fresh and anew. As I sat in this and just read lots, I read obviously way more than I'm going to say, but I was struck like, oh Lord, come near, stop me in this season. I even felt this year in particular, wow, I don't even know if I'd want to put a Christmas tree up. I feel so busy right now. All of that to say that, yes, this is one of those quintessential things we've talked about. And in this case, is every Christmas causing us to gaze even more deeply and learn more things about who God is? We're calling this series in December, Beholding Emmanuel. That idea, beholding, just gazing, sitting, contemplating in silence and being still with the Lord. And these pockets, these can be micro times. But is it in our heart to even look and see who is the baby in the manger? What's up with all this? And so... We're just inviting you with us that there would be a priority to consider some of these things to really bring our Christmases to a place where we'll actually feel satisfied and full and more peaceful for sure and back to gratitude for the God that we actually serve. So uh, we've talked about God and how he's revealing himself and he's been revealing himself and it is a progressive way. Almost all theologians see it in that way. We're just getting these bits and pieces particularly when we think about the beginning of humanity. So God is just sort of giving us these little flashes of light. I think one of the things we want to think about is what was happening, because if God has come and he's sending his only begotten son for all human beings that he has created, and he did this ahead of time in his mind and heart, we are those recipients. We are the humans where all this started and it didn't start when the baby Jesus was born. So we want to lean in just for a few minutes this morning to say, wow, in pre-creation, not even creation, we just want to contemplate a couple things before there was anything. God has laid all these things out inside of this Godhead that we refer to as the Trinity. These were on his mind before creation. We call that pre-creation. What in the heck was God and the Spirit and the Son doing for billions of years in eternity past where there seems to be nothing created outside of the whole angelic realm and the Trinity? So there's a whole pre-world going on that was all leading up. Every part of it was going to have an implication in our lives billions and trillions of years ago because what was happening in the angelic realm was going to be sort of a foreshadowing of what was going to happen with humanity. This rebellion against God. And in the midst of all that, we know that Lucifer was removed from heaven and then became one of our greatest adversaries for all of our lives. This whole stage had been set before baby Jesus by billions of years. But when we think about the Godhead brooding over all this dark space, this void, this chasm, there's nothing. By this point in time, I think it's beautiful and amazing to think that 
even though nobody knew his story, he hadn't revealed himself. We weren't even, we weren't even made yet as the first Adam and Eve. However, in that space of the Trinity and the perfection and the light and the delight that they lived in together with no need of anything, you were conceived in that Godhead. They dreamed you up. God knew you then. He created you from scratch. And that Godhead, the Trinity, just sort of linked arms and linked their hearts. And and all they had to do was think it. And as they thought it together, they imagined us and dreamed what was in their heart. And whatever is in God's heart, he can make in an instant. So your conception was really in his heart. It was in the Spirit's heart. It was in the Son's heart from the pre-beginning. I find that amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I was out to lunch with a friend the other day, and we saw a mutual friend who happens to be an author, and she's published a few books, and we were like, hey, how's your current book going? And we heard there's a new one coming out. How's it coming? And she was like, it's funny how people always ask me, like, how's my new book coming? But this book's actually been in my heart for like a decade. It's been an idea in my heart for so long. And I was just thinking about that. And I was thinking about the Trinity and how we look at Christmas and we may even pause and be like, wow, this is an amazing story. And the Lord's like, no, 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 I don't think you get it. This has been in my heart from like millennia and millennia ago, billions and trillions of years. This has been a part of my heart. This has been a story in the making. And this was God's plan. This was the Trinity's plan. And now the world gets to see it. And how exciting that is for an author when it's finally ready to come out into the world, when it's finally ready to be published, when they've been creating it in the dark and in the secret hidden places. And now the whole world gets to see it. And we all get to be a part of it. Yes. And that's the thing. You hit the nail on the head in terms of what makes me sad. It makes me sad that God has this majestic, incomprehensible plan going on for trillions of years. And when we're getting to this point in time in history where there's even another whole billions going forward that's about to come forth, and we just sit in the middle like, yeah, got anything else? We're, we're just so disconnected of this living, breathing, active, altogether different God that we serve, who this has always been his story. And certainly when we come to the advent of Christmas, to this season, it is a great time if you've never pondered this or thought much about this idea. I'm going to read a quote from Anne Voskamp. And she says about that, about the three persons of the Trinity, she says that they gathered close together to imagine you. And God, in three persons, uncontainable affection, knelt down, think of this triune God, and kissed warm life into you with the breath of his love. And then that began with Adam and Eve. That the sacredness of you, because he has called you sacred, because he has made you in his image, has been coming for you from billions of years ago. That he has been coming for you before you even existed. Thinking about that bigger story, what is this giant motivation from the Godhead that would write this story? Because they got to write our story like your friend, the author. 
She got to write whatever she wanted to write and how much more with God that he has written these things, not just as a storyline, but he's actually imprinted them on our hearts to long for things that we don't even understand that he's put inside of us. And what is it all driven by and compelled by? He could glorify himself in a million ways. Everything in the word of God says this was all for love. All of it. All of it. All of it was because of love. He overflows with generosity, with grace, which is a gift we don't deserve, with mercy, which is withholding what we don't deserve, what we do deserve. In all these places, it's so generous. He talks about these waters, the flowing and the spirit that is flowing and all of these pieces. They're generous. He doesn't run out and he loves to share even his only begotten son. So we have to tell ourselves these things and sit on these things so that our hearts maybe this Christmas season, as we approach that baby in the manger, that we would begin to see something maybe more, more than we've been able to notice in all of the busyness. Yeah, I totally agree. I do feel like it's about this bigger storyline that I feel like is so easy to miss. It's so easy sometimes to just see the story of Christmas and be like, that's a miracle. And it is. It's incredible and it's amazing. But I do feel like we miss something when we don't get that bird's eye view of what the Trinity was doing, of what was in his heart since the beginning of time that made this come into fruition. This was on the Trinity's heart since the beginning of time. They knew that Christmas time was coming, but it wasn't yet the time. But they knew that there was going to come a day that Jesus was going to come and live amongst humanity. And yet there was this waiting period for all of humanity until this was revealed. And so when we look at Christmas and the miracle that it is, it's also this culmination of billions and trillion of years prior to that, that the Trinity had been writing this narrative and this storyline. And I started thinking about the book of Malachi, which is the last book before Matthew. And there's this 400 year time period between Malachi and Matthew where it seems to be silent. But obviously we know that God was probably doing things in people, right? But we just We don't have any record of it. But when we look in Luke chapter 2, we see Simeon and Anna. And after Jesus was born, it says that they had been praying and fasting, that Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he was not going to die until he saw the Messiah. So we know that there were people on the earth that had been waiting, that they were waiting for God's storyline to be revealed. Now, they probably didn't have like a full grid of what that was going to look like, but there was something in them that knew and believed that there was something else. There was something more coming. And I think about what if 300 years prior to Jesus being born, there was somebody that was like, you know what? I don't want to listen to Moses' law anymore. I think it's just a burden and I don't want to follow his law anymore. I don't want to do any of the sacrifices anymore. And he just started telling everybody, you know what? We don't have to do this anymore. Well, first of all, he probably would have been stoned to death, but not just that, like that would have been sin and that would have been rebellion because it wasn't yet time for those things to be revealed. And so I think there's this tension in the midst of the waiting, in the midst of the waiting for something that we know is coming, but it's not yet time. And it's trusting in God's storyline. I'm reminded of a few years ago when one of my kids was trying to find their Christmas presents, which I still don't understand why kids try to do that. I'm like, why would you want to know what you're getting? But anyways, they were trying to find what 
their gift was. This was like two weeks before Christmas. And I had stuck it up in a closet somewhere. And I, I could tell they were kind of like sneaking around to try to find it. And I told them, I'm like, you, you're going to be in trouble if I see you trying to find that. And they're like, why am I going to be in trouble for trying to find my gift? It's my gift. I'm like, yeah, but it's not Christmas yet, right? It's not time for you to get that gift yet. Right now, you're just walking in rebellion because I'm telling you not to go find it. And you're like scouring through the house trying to look for it. So right now, yeah, you're going to actually be disciplined if I see you go to try to find it. But if you just wait, if you just wait till Christmas, you'll get it. I'll give you the gift. And it will be so much more amazing if you have just waited. So I think this idea of trusting in God's storyline and trusting in his timing and not looking ahead and not jumping forward, but saying, God, I trust your storyline. And so now this week, as I've been looking at the little nativity on our coffee table, I'm just reminded as I'm looking at that baby Jesus in the manger, I'm like, Lord, this is not only God living amongst us, but this is also a fulfillment and a promise that you have been faithful and everything that you have done, you will be faithful to complete. You will be faithful to complete if we just trust you and trust your perfect timing. Yes. When you think about doing something before the time, as you were telling that as sort of story in terms of from God's perspective of the storyline made me think of a toddler like at two or three you know it's like no it's not time to go yet but the more that they become anxious about moving that time forward the more emotional they get the more angry they get they can become anxious are we going to go we're not going to go I know you didn't tell me that that's not going to happen it's not true Whatever all the feelings that they feel down to outright, they're going to just throw a major tantrum and start throwing things or breaking things because the time is not yet. I think in many ways that we can be distracted or our hearts can grow cold when we can celebrate or pray the same prayers or do the same things, be in the word or try to be more intentional with a particular Christmas season, all the kinds of things we do, we have to remember that we don't speed up God's timeline. Our prayers are not to coerce God to do something that he's not going to do for a greater reason or to speed up a timeline. We can ask all these things, but we have to know and understand that this is his movie. This is his story. It is all about him and his timing is perfect. One of the parts in looking back, like we have the ability to do now, to look back to pre-creation, I think the point of looking back is to be even more undergirded and more stirred. That this God is so powerful and so motivated by light and no darkness that time to him is not in his dimension. And so that can bring us actually a degree of feeling safe and secure that no matter what happens or doesn't happen or the timing of it, that God is present in every generation. He is there today. I want to just say right now to those listening, no matter what your story is, no matter what it was or what it is even now, just to contemplate that you were formed on purpose. You were created by a kind of love that none of us have fully been able to understand or get inside of our souls. This same Trinity, they are always have been coming after you before you were even conceived. They're for you. 
They love you. They have a plan for your life. Like knowing how intimate the Trinity is with you is something to ponder. It was meant for us to ponder. It was meant to be more than fodder for debates. It was meant to be life-changing that you would see God in this way. In this season, no matter how busy it gets, no matter what's happening around us, that we can be heartened and not disheartened by knowing that he knows your name, by knowing that he's got you, no matter what you see or feel. And I think that can bring so much more encouragement to our hearts, taking the bigger story into taking it all the way down to the baby, which represents a a pinnacle of the story of God the Father from eternity past that he would send his son. And we'll be getting into that next week. But just to say the word Advent means coming. So when we say the Advent season, we're talking about this anticipation of something or someone that's coming. God gives God. God is the only one who can give God. And as he is giving us this particular gift that's going to come and redeem the world, that is a significant, and some would say from the Father's perspective, one of the most significant pieces of his story. In all of that, if we don't invite him in, if we don't pause and linger with him, it's very hard. You have to begin to prime the pump because it's old news, the baby in the manger. If we're not going a little bit deeper and being intentional about anticipating, God, what do you want to show to me in my walk with you now in this beautiful memorial that comes up every year? How could I begin to sit with you and glean and gain something else? And I would say to you, all you ever have to do is ask. We really don't have because we don't ask. So if you just want your heart to expand, just Asking that question will begin to prime the pump of your heart. God is for you, is always coming after you, and he's right there and available for you to talk to him about any of these things. I'm going to close with the lyrics from a song. It's called Water and Dust, and again by one of my favorite artists at this time, Corey Asbury. But it's just this whole idea of God and his greatness and how he has made us and but how we can get disconnected from who we are let me just read the lyrics it says one part water one part dust yet you're still making trophies out of us making something out of nothing is what you do yet your work is never finished and it's never past due from the dirt to the throne with a brand new name the blood of the king running through our veins there's hidden gold in these jars of clay and all these hidden crowns will be revealed one day so don't lose heart my child he knows your name and we'll lay them all down at your feet one day but just don't lose heart he's got your hand when everything's falling apart don't lose heart When everything's falling apart, don't lose heart. In the midst of your Christmas season, remember that God is for you, not against you. Our hearts can be moved by just looking to him to fill our hearts because he knows that Christmas for many of us can be a difficult season. So we're just encouraging you today, 
to just think on some of these beautiful things we've talked about and really allow yourself to assimilate and receive the truth that God is always with you. He's always for you. And he has done everything on your behalf to connect with you, even sending you his own son. I know that only in God and only in the Holy Spirit can he make these things come alive. But we bless you and wish you a very early Merry Christmas at this point in December. Blessings. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website. But for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.